Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hi, everyone. This is Janet with uh, week seven of the co- with number seven of the coaching calls for the Dream Life 2016 program. Um, so, so glad to have... Um, some people on the line with me today. I'm just going to do a quick round of hello, and then we're going to dive straight into a question. So, hello to Jody. Hello. Jody's calling in via Skype from her phone. We're trying different experiments to see which is going to be the best connection. <laughs> um, hi to Jackie. Hello, hello. And hi to Linda. And hey, hey, oh, hi, Linda. I'm so sorry. I just noticed Kate's name just popped up literally as I was saying hello. So. Um, Linda uh, emailed me with a really good question, like an absolute genius question, which I think if I can spend a little time teasing that out, is going to be incredibly helpful for everyone. So I'm going to dive into that before I sort of throw it open to general questions, um, partly because Linda has to get off the line um, uh, you know, fairly quickly. So I want to make sure we get this covered in depth, not, not just for Linda's sake, although I definitely want to do that, but also... It gives Linda an opportunity to ask, you know, to have a conversation about her question. So, Linda, are you okay with me reading your email to the group? Yes, absolutely. On the call? All right, great. So, so just by way of context, um, uh, on or around Christmas, it was on Christmas Day, wasn't it? It was Christmas Day, Day. yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I I knew about this because I happened to notice it uh, on Facebook that Linda got tagged in a photo. And there was a photo of Linda lying in a hospital bed with Santa beside her and it had been posted by Linda's daughter. Uh, And basically the caption said, you know, Linda was smiling in the photo. So I knew immediately that it wasn't absolutely catastrophic. But it was still a fairly alarming thing to see on Christmas Day. So I read uh, Linda's daughter's post, which basically said, my mum fell down the stairs on Christmas Day and now she's in hospital and being visited by Santa. And... uh, and the first thing, now I know that probably most of you on the line will have remembered that Linda is legally blind and the thought of somebody un- not sighted falling downstairs was absolutely horrifying to me and I had to do a little bit of, I had to do a little bit of my own vibration management around this to sort of make sure that I could get to a place where <clears throat> I know that Linda will be at some point which is to um, have a, a light and loving and um, and this too shall pass kind of energy around us because clearly she was not um, like I said the photo was her smiling and yes the pain meds might have helped with that but <laughs> you can't you can't pain med someone's way into smiling if they're really really in distress so so that's the background um, this is what Linda had to say about the experience um, and this is the first time I've really had a chance to have a conversation with her about it <clears throat> so She says, a little background. Excuse me, I need to cough. (laughs) Sorry about that. Uh, A little background. When I worked with imprinting, I came up with the following. I have faith and trust in my body 
and have great balance and move with freedom and confidence. I'm devoted to my perfect movement practice, keeping me flexible and strong, which, by the way, fabulous bit of imprinting. Concurrently with creating these statements, I came across a terrific website called Blind Alive. The women who run it have created exercise, yoga and Pilates routines with an amazing amount of detail for blind folks to use. I bought two programs from them. After trying the gentle yoga, I felt a bit discouraged about my lack of good physical conditioning. However, I gave myself a pep talk and felt gratitude for finding this new avenue for loving improvement. Excellent job, Linda. <laughs> um, then came my serious fall on Christmas Day. I suffered a mild concussion. Nothing was broken, but I remained quite sore and limited in my range of motion. So I need to give myself lots of time to recover. Now for my dilemma and the burning question. Here's what I make my fall mean. And imagine there are quotes around this. I'm not supposed to want to improve my physical well-being. The universe is slamming me down to teach me a lesson about wanting too much. This is a very angry and very scary thought pattern. Please tell me how, <clears throat> how then can I recast these events as a kindness and a blessing that is full of loving messages for me and my body. Instead, it only seems to reinforce my long-held belief that I'm simply not supposed to want anything at all because it's not safe to want. As you might imagine, this is very painful indeed. Uh, Linda, first of all, I just want to acknowledge the, there's a raw vulnerability in this question that is incredibly courageous, incredibly brave. And I think this goes to the heart of a, 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 a whole lot of things that have been uh, kind of a, a stumbling block or a barrier um, for, for you stepping into what you want. So, um, so there are a few things I want to tease out here before I sort of before we open it into a conversation. A couple of things I want to observe um, from from an outside witness <laughs> standpoint, if you like. The first thing I want to say is the the notion that somebody could take a, a fall downstairs without breaking anything is absolutely a, a, astonishing to me. Um, I preface this by saying I have a very good friend and mentor who's quite public about this. She, she doesn't hide it. It's, she, she's blogged about it in the past. Uh, you've probably come across her, Lisa Marie Hayes. She is a yoga, she, she practices yoga daily. She has been a yoga instructor. She is married to somebody who does physical therapy for a living. So she's very conscious of her body. And she's, you know, she's limber and she's um, stretchy and all those good things. She fell down a set of stairs and broke her leg in such a bad way that she had to have multiple surgeries. Uh, and she is still dealing. This is about two to, I want to say two to three years ago, and she's still dealing with the physical consequences. So the very first thing I want to say to you is that the, the is to kind of lift you out of the thought that says. You know um, uh, that this this fall is an indicator that I am not physically uh, that I am not physically uh, what's the word I'm looking for that I, that you know that I'm somehow clumsy or I'm not physically um, in good condition. Just to say that you you, you really it's falling down the stairs. Uh, you 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 did it like a pro. <laughs> um, that's how stunt people fall downstairs. They take a tumble down the stairs and they come out, they might come out with a mild concussion, but they don't break anything. And yes, the soreness and the limited range of motion and all of those things, I totally, totally get. 
how irritating that is. Um, hello, I've been through two career-changing injuries, so I, I, I have some context here. Um, so I want to say, first of all, I think you did the full, like somebody who has all of those things you talked about. You have great balance, you move with freedom and confidence, uh, and you're flexible and strong. So I'm not saying that to try and convince you, but just to maybe give you some wiggle room around the assumption that the fall is that the fall itself has bad consequences. Hmm. That, does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay, great. The next thing I want to come to is um, I, I also want to really congratulate you for manifesting a you know a, a, a really great what sounds like a fantastic program uh, that's going to be a pathway towards you know, creating what it is that you want to create with your body. So I think that's great. I think that taking that, you know, the fact that you came across these, um, this program, it's no coincidence to me. Um, no, it's, it's and, one of those opening to opportunities things and the opportunity yeah. came along. You know, it's clearly that. Yeah, yeah. So we can see already that the imprinting is having an effect, <clears throat> pardon me, internally. It's, it's like you said, this is what I want, and the universe went, great, here's an opportunity, go for it. Um, and that brings me to the main point I want to make. And this is, I want to come back to this notion of, oh, let me, let me start the sentence again. I want, well, no, I'll finish the sentence. I want to come back to this notion of universe wanting to teach you a lesson about wanting too much. Because I want to call bullshit on that whole concept. I want to call bullshit on the idea that life is a series of lessons to be learned. I want to call bullshit on any teaching that everybody's, anybody's ever made that says uh, you've got to jump through hoops in order to please the universe. There is no... Uh, universe has consciousness, yes. It doesn't have an agenda. Uh, the only lessons to be learned, if there are such things, are things that we decided we wanted to learn when we, get, when we came here. So if we sat up in the metaphorical clouds before we got here and we sort of went, ooh, I really want to master... Like, so for example, I really want to master money being easy. The first thing we're going to do is we're going to find that you, we're going to um, choose to be born into a life where money is difficult because how do you learn money is easy unless you've got the challenge of money being difficult to, uh, to, to give you that learning, to give you that conscious learning, that, that lesson. In the same way, that if I want to learn Italian, the best way to do it is to start out by not being able to speak Italian. If I want to learn Italian, if I want to say I want to master Italian, being born speaking Italian kind of doesn't cut it because I don't have to make any effort. It just happens naturally. So I think that this notion of universe having a lesson is flawed. I'm not sure that I totally agree with ourselves giving ourselves lessons either, but if you like the model of lessons, then that's the way to think about it is, okay, I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm setting myself this challenge. Uh, and therefore, we get to control the lesson. So there's no such thing, I don't think there's any such thing as a lesson that says you're not supposed to want. I think that's, we know where that's coming from <laughs> without putting too fine a point on it. Um, I think probably Jackie would relate to this as well, uh, and I certainly do. The, um, in my case, it's the Anglicans, it's God's frozen people. Um, <laughs> I know in Jackie's case it's the nuns, uh, but there is this very strong message that says that greed is bad. And we interpret that to mean 
therefore it's bad to want anything. And we know that that's just a voice in our head. It's not universe. So I think the first thing to do is to get clear here about where that voice is coming, where that message is coming from, where that, um, you know, that uh, that that notion that that you know the, the the meaning that you put onto that fall. You, we want to we want to change that. So the first thing to do is to sort of go. Well, we know that it's bullshit. So what do we do next? How do we turn that into these events being a kindness and a blessing? And I think there's a couple of things. First of all, we can choose to see the events as as having no particular meaning at all. Uh, that's one way to tackle it is to sort of say, you know what, it's just a thing that happened. Uh, we can then decide if we want to, we can give it meaning and then we get to choose the meaning. So there may be a couple of stages to go through here and it's up to you to decide what feels better. So you can you get to think about this in whatever way you choose. You know, if you, Once you know that you're free from those old messages, whether it's the nuns or the Anglicans or whoever else it might be, saying, you know, Ooh, you shouldn't want things because when you want things, you know, that's what makes things go bad. I certainly have had that message in my head in the past and it's a complete lie. Um, so we know, that's, we know that's not true. The next thing is, could I, just, could I just make it that a thing happened? Could I just do that? Could I just say, you know what? It's just a thing, it happened. There's no particular story or message here except what I choose. That, was, that would be one option, one way to go. So you're talking here randomness. Sort of, yes. A place I'm for randomness. Saying, yeah, it's just a thing. And the, hmm. the tricky thing with that is we humans are sense-making creatures. We, right. Our brains want stories to have. We want, this is why when we hear news events in the news, we want someone to blame. We have to have a way to make things make sense. So it's kind of a tricky one to pull off. If you can pull off that thing that says there's no significance here, it's just a thing that happened, that's great. And sometimes simply knowing that your brain wants to have a coherent story is enough to sort of placate it into saying, you know what, it's just a thing. Random stuff happens all the time and it's okay. The other way to go uh, is to find a positive meaning in the event that's happened. And we've already begun to do that because we can look at this, you know, you've, got, you've, you've now got me telling you stories about how, look at you, you're falling downstairs better than a yoga instructor. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a pretty cool bit of alignment with what it is that you're intending. Um, you can look for stories of how um, recovery from uh, an incident like this gets you aligned and helps you learn a, 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 um, a closer relationship with your body. Uh, you could uh, you can use it as a fuel to really uh, encourage you on days when you wake up and you think oh I really don't want to do that yoga practice today you can use this incident as fuel to get you motivated to put on your yoga pants and get out the mat and do whatever it is you need to do um, there's a number of different ways you could use this and you're going to know that better than I do so the question I might ask you would be um, what what things could you about if you that described this to you. Imagine perhaps a, a client um, had described this to you, had described an event like this. Could you find some story 
or some meaning within that fall that would create a bounce, a platform for them to create what it is that they're wanting to create for their body? Huh. Um, yeah, I guess I'll have to think about that. Um, I, I, um, I'm not sure about using it to get me to get to do the yoga because I feel like I want I want pleasant things to to encourage me to do the yoga, not Ooh. you know. Okay. So, so I'm I'm not sure that that one's gonna fly, but um, okay. That's fair um, enough. Yeah. Um no, I I um hmm. So let's tease out this um let's tease out the imprinting statement that you've got and see if we can find any little seeds in there. All right. Um okay, so I have faith and trust in my body. How do you feel about the fact that you fell down the stairs and you didn't break anything? I it's pretty awesome. Oh, amen. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's pretty it's pretty wild. You know, it's uh my daughter was saying that she and her, her partner are watching uh, Boardwalk Empire and uh-huh. apparently somebody has like a major concussion on there and she's like, Wow, there's such a difference between what happened to you and this person on the T V show. Um, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the fact that uh yeah, I mean it's 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 quite quite astounding really. I mean I'm 68 years old and, you know, I have a little bit of bone thinning. You know, anything could have happened. I've never broken a bone in my entire life. And Hello? Just, Hello? And I, no. Wow, you say better than me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's, um, so it's just sort of miraculous, really. Could it be because you have a body that in which you can have faith and trust? Yeah, I guess I think that's true. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. All right, so let's take the next piece. You have great balance and move with freedom and confidence. Hmm. Do you um, think that would be true of somebody who's who handled a stair fall like a pro? Uh, yeah, e- even though, you know, it wasn't like scripted. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I guess so, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm devoted to my perfect movement practice. Now, you've already just told me that you want to be motivated by the Feelings right. of pleasure. So that right. sounds pretty aligned to me. Yes. Um, and that and the and the conversation about whether you could use the fall as a bounce, that's kind of helped to tease that out. So and we wouldn't have been able to have that conversation. You wouldn't right. have had that clarity without the fall. Yes. That's true. Yeah. Good point. Okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and keeping you flexible and strong. And again, there's clearly something around that that message that you have been giving your body as you've been doing that imprinting mm. because you, the cells of your body listen to these instructions. Mm-hmm. We're constantly giving instructions to the cells of our body uh, whether we do it by default or consciously. So, so the instruction by giving them your, your body this conscious instruction about how your body is, um, you've actually given yourself, I mean the, the fall itself, there is a way of looking at this as being an incredible gift because it's given you this right there in your face, cannot be denied evidence for this statement being true. Yeah, I guess that, I guess that really is true. Um, 
I think there's some cautionary messages in the fall too, because I, right now I'm dealing with um, some visual issues. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to have cataract surgery in a few months, and um, okay. you know, uh, you know, I I like have three different eye conditions, the one I was born with, and now two right. that I've gotten later on, and right. and you know, I um, this is also a um, you know. Um, Take good care of yourself, yes. kind of message as well. Yes, and that is totally in Be line. Be a little with what extra careful on those stairs. It's really oh. okay to yeah to not to not go careening down the stairs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, Even you know, though that it, it means you you feel like you're 80 years old walking carefully down the stairs, it's better to walk carefully down the stairs. <laughs> What about if we slightly reframed that to it's better to it's better to be grounded and balanced before you yeah. embark on careening down the stairs? Exactly, grounded and yeah. balanced. That, that's beautiful. Yeah, grounded and balanced. Awesome. Lovely. Awesome. Thank you. I, I appreciate all this. It's just that the anger that was in that yes. universe, you know, that that was what really floored me. And and you you talk about the religious aspect. For me, it's like it, it's my parents who you know. Yeah better damn well not want anything because you're not going to get it anyway. So, yeah. This is such yeah. a common message. The good thing about the, the good thing about learning this message or having this to be, sorry, I'll start, <laughs> I'll start that sentence again. I keep doing that today. Um, the good thing about growing up with something like that, a limiting belief, whatever that limiting belief might be, for those mm. of us who work as coaches, who, for those of us who help others, who help them understand things in a different way. It's such benefit to our clients. When we become aware that we have had a limiting belief, in fact, Jackie will tell you just yesterday, I revealed to her a limiting belief that I've had since childhood that I literally did not know about and I thought was gone. Mm. And it was to do with with um, expectations about um, it not being okay to get paid for stuff for, for work that I love that makes a difference in the world, and this came from my father being a doctor who worked 14 hours a day, and the only way I could justify the the, the fact that he would rather be at work than be at home with me, and you know, three-year-olds are pretty selfish. <laughs> yes. um, but I managed to get to a story that said, with the help of my mum, who told me this, you know, who reinforced this idea, I managed to get to the idea that um, in order to be really to really make a difference in the world, self-sacrifice is essential. Mm. And letting go of that belief felt like a betrayal of my dad who died five years ago. So there was this, it was pretty tangled up. Um, now, from the, 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 there was a lot of pain and distress associated with that message and the work that I've done on letting go of it. A few years ago, 15 years ago, when I first became aware of this phenomenon of, you know, feeling like he put his patients first, it was pretty upsetting. And, you know, there were tears and anger and a whole bunch of things. Now, as I'm getting rid of the last kind of remaining bits and pieces of that, I can see, I can see how much value that is to my clients because I can, I can relate to that to any kind, any kind of story that they have or belief that they have that is similar, it gives me so much empathy, such empathy. And it makes, it makes it much easier for me to be compassionate where somebody who's never been through it 
may find themselves getting a little impatient. It's like, why are you still hanging on to that story? It's clearly nonsense. You know, let's just get over it. So I think the same thing is true here. I think whenever we have a story that's, that's clung on for a really long time, we can see it as being something that is of enormous benefit to our clients and to those we love because as we, as we shift these really deep stories, there's a, there's a knock-on effect. Anybody who was a, who's been involved in any story like this in our past, they will get healed from it as well. Don't ask me how that happens. That's one of those weird energetic things. <laughs> That's where the uni- unicorns and rainbows come in at that point and uh, yeah. I have no logical explanation for it. Um, so I think for you, when you're sort of looking at this at this story and how this incident has really brought it so strongly to the surface, as an opportunity for you to challenge it and say, no more, I'm not buying into that story anymore. Right. And I'm sorry, Mum and Dad. It doesn't mean that I didn't that I didn't love you. It doesn't mean that I don't love you. I'm just not buying into that, that story yeah. anymore and letting it go without without holding on to it out of a fear that you might betray their memory or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. I, I think this has enormous sort of repercussion, rip, ripple effect potential. Yeah. With that story, I, so, so I, I do, do too. Yeah. So there's the kindness and the blessing. <laughs> yeah. If you took a tumble to sort of <clears throat> knock it out of me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, absolutely. And the nice thing about this is that sometimes we need something, as uh, something that seems really scary, difficult at the time. Sometimes mm. we, ne- uh, we It's almost like we've been asking for freedom from this story, and if we haven't found a way to let go of it. It's a bit like universe kind of taking us by the scruff of the neck, like a cat with a kitten and just giving it a little shake to go, wake up. I'm not going to break any bones. I'm not going to do any of this, but this is what you asked for. You asked for freedom from this story. I'm just going to give you a little shake. <laughs> See if we can't shake it loose. Beautiful. Now, I'm not... That's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm getting a little anxious because I need to call my taxi. It's raining here in San Francisco. And oh, okay, yes. I have to get Feel to the to chiropractor, go. See if she can fix me. Um, yeah, and so, let's set a fantastic in, intention for a great outcome from your appointment and getting there perfectly on time. Thank you, and, and uh, thanks so much to everyone else for listening and commenting after I leave. I'll be very eager to, hear, to listen to the rest of the call. And Thank you so much, Linda. Again next week. Thank you, Janet. Take care, Linda. Bye, everyone. Bye. 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 <laughs> All righty. Thank you so much, everyone, for letting me talk through that with Linda. I think it was, I just thought that that story was a, such a perfect way to explore how this works. Um, because, you know, there's, we can get this sense of this isn't unfolding the way I expected. And when we let go of the idea that we have to have it unfold in a certain way, we can, that's when it gets much easier to see the blessings and the, you know, the good things unfolding. We don't all have to fall down the stairs in order to have our dreams come true. Um, but we might find that there are, things, there are things that pop up that we go, I didn't expect that. <laughs> and, that and that might not be true. That isn't necessary for everybody at all. So... Um, Let's do a quick roundup to see how everybody's going. Now, I'm conscious that we haven't, we didn't do any coaching calls around modules seven and eight. So, if anybody's got questions around those, be, feel, please feel free to ask. Uh, but meanwhile, I am going to call on people as we go around the room. So, I'm going to go in order of dashboard. So, uh, Annette, hello. 
Hello. How's it going? <laughs> it's going well, thank you. Very, very interesting. Well, wow. yeah. Okay, cool. All righty. Uh, thank you for that. <laughs> Jackie, how's it going for you? I know you've Hi. got a really busy January. <laughs> Yeah, busy January. Um, what I found fascinating about that conversation is the whole um, looking for meaning in events. Um, unfortunate. <laughs> a series of unfortunate yep. events. Um, you know, because we all have them. We all have crap that happens. And um, I've never been one to buy into the, like you said, universe has got it out for you. Or... Um, uh, I don't think I don't think there's always something to beat yourself up about with the with the um, in this there's never anything to beat yourself up about with the unfortunate mm-hmm. events. But I do think that the um, the reasons, the message, the um, the stuff we can learn from is kind of buried and, as you said, shaken loose. What I love about the way you handled with with Linda was that. Um, there was a way to make it affirming without um, diminishing the action itself. If, if that mm. makes sense, you know, because it, these it things, one doesn't want to to minimize the experience. Yeah, the experience sucks. It hurts. It's painful. It happened on Christmas Day. There's going to be a lot of stuff that goes on, um, but at the same time, you can look at it and go. Yeah, I wish I'd learned this lesson some other way, but I'm really glad that I could, you know, that I could unfold it this way. Um, and and yeah. I think you did a masterful job in shifting that. And I'm sort of running it through on. Um, I think I'll. It'll be very useful for me in coaching when I'm helping somebody who's had an unfortunate incident, something they really wish they hadn't, without being yeah. all unicorns and rainbows about it, right? Because that's always been the fine balancing point, I think, is that you don't want to focus on the sucky part, but you also don't want to diminish it either because that's not kind and it's not, I don't think, it's helpful. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think, I mean, denial, we know that denial is never a really good solution. Certainly in the moment when, like, I know when I've had uh, uh, injuries, uh, in the moment there's, uh, you know, managing pain for example I don't want to if I've had an injury and I have if I've had an injury that is is because that's occurred because I wasn't listening to my body's needs um, when I get that lesson I don't need the pain anymore so I am one of those people who will more than happily take pain meds when I need to that mm-hmm. not in order to keep doing what I was doing that created the injury in the first place because that would be right. silly but and let's face it how often do we do that I put my hand mm-hmm. up for that one um, but in order to say, okay, I got, I've got it. Now I'm going to be kind to my body and and reduce the pain because I've got the I got the message. Um, so, but thank you for that. Thank you for that comment, Jackie. I, I think that you're right. There is, you know, when when incidents happen in life, and you, again, they happen. Um, we, we didn't come here to have this completely smooth ride. We came here to experience the the rich tapestry. That doesn't mean to say we came here to suffer either. We didn't. Mm-hmm. We came here. We came here to have a good time, and sometimes the good time begins with a with a, with a bounce. 
I did want to tease out something that um, from pardon me from the conversation, and that is um, what we do with contrast. Uh, anyone who's familiar with Abraham Hicks, Hicks's work will know the term contrast basically means anything that we don't like. We can use that as a bounce to find out what we do like because it triggers an immediate desire for something different. So, it, so it's not like we, we consciously, we can use it consciously like we did in the drill down exercise to find out you know, what we want, but we don't have to if the desire comes into being anyway. So there is a, um, one of the things that Abraham's talking about at the moment, teaching at the moment, is the, the notion that uh, we can appreciate contrast itself for its own sake. And this is pretty revolutionary and it's not necessarily something that we're all quite ready to, to step up to just yet. And that's cool. Um, but for example, I've just started a, a Qigong practice and um, <laughs> I was... I was doing, carrying a water can, watering can through my backyard the other day and tripped on the edge of a curb or caught my foot on the edge of a curb and it could have been a complete flat on the face on the on the bitumen, um, we've got a little paved area, uh, and it, it could have been nasty. But I was lucky enough to save myself. And in that moment of contrast, because it wasn't, it wasn't a pleasant experience, you get a jolt of adrenaline, it's not a nice experience, it's nothing nothing to compare with falling down the stairs but there was that moment of contrast and in that moment it was like this is really good motivation for me to to do the qigong and it reminded me that what I've already done has given me some sense of physical grounding that I didn't have a week ago that is probably part of what stopped me from going face first into the concrete <clears throat> so so we can have a fluid relationship with contrast is what I'm trying to say. So we can, we can pick and choose. Um, and I totally acknowledge Linda's desire for the yoga thing to be a pleasant thing. I totally get that. For me, I can use that contrast as a bounce. And we get, so we get to sort of choose which is going to feel better. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay. So thank you for that. Kate, hello. Hello. Um, things are going well. Um, definitely headed to, went into the new year with a better vibe than I usually do. Yay! Yay! <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, my holidays aren't over. I'm leaving for Florida in the morning to visit family. So once I come back, it'll feel like the new year. Um, yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah. Thanks. But I've had more inspiration and fell off the wagon somewhat. But I'm doing some of the practices. But what I, what I was thinking with Linda too is like, you know, when you're a child. You fall all the time. You burn yourself. You mm -hmm. get scratched by the cat because you've walked by too close. It's, it's kind of all learning, and yeah. you don't beat yourself up. You're like, oh, that's interesting. Next time, I won't do that. That's true. So, that's true. you know, why not are we just continually learning? And as you said, Jeanette, is like you don't – you say, oh, that's a, there's my an interesting thing I just learned, and you move on. You don't beat yourself up that you didn't know it and that sort of thing. That's such a great point, Kate. You're so right about that. Yeah. And it's, this is part of the, you know, the part of the thing we get culturally is a, 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 some notion that, you know, as we get older, we get more fragile. And it's like that's just a that's just a story. We know the research is pretty clear that certainly, as far as brains are concerned, we never stop. We never stop having the capacity to shift and change. Uh, and we also know that our bodies. Um, have far more capacity to stay 
you know, flexible and strong and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, there's been a, there was some fantastic research that was done where um, uh, people were put into a, um, a house. Basically, they went and lived in a house. I think it was for two weeks. I can't remember now how long. But a group of people uh, who were in their 80s went and lived in a house where everything, every part of their reality was uh, as, as it would have been when they were in their 50s. So, you know, 30 years previously. So all the newspapers was from 30 years ago. All of the food things that they ate were from 30 years ago. Uh, the furnishing, the furnishings, the uh, they were they were they dressed as they would have done 30 years ago, and they were instructed to only talk about the politics of those days or the news events of those days. Uh, they weren't. They had no contact with modern life. They were basically time capsuled back into their 50s. Um, and their health was monitored, and and not surprisingly, they recovered very rapidly. They recovered the kinds of levels of, um, you know, joy and um, a sense of fun and those kinds of things. But what was really interesting was that the physical physical attributes like blood sugar levels and um, uh, I. Don't think they tested for bone density, but things certainly things like range of motion, uh, things that we have been taught uh, sort of you know have a natural decline. Basically, they all went back to their bodies being as they would have been when they were in their when they were in their fifties. So they got, and they got things like memory recovery. You know, they could retrieve memories more more easily. Uh, so there's clear evidence that when we think of ourselves as young no matter what our age, our bodies will follow that instruction. Yeah, Joseph so, Benza had a sample of men who went to a camp, the same kind of thing in that his book, um, You Are the Placenta. Yeah. And it was yeah. all their biological measurements had gotten younger and healthier. And it is an incredible piece of research. And... Um, it, and at the moment, it's still look. There are still a lot of unknowns with it. You know the the how of how it happens, but the the message is clear. Whichever story you buy into about whatever age you are, that story is going to come true. <laughs> yeah. So, so um, so first, so obviously, what Linda's doing is really really smart. Um, uh, uh, and yes, so when we think of ourselves as learning in the way that a child does, where a fall is not really a big deal. Uh, and certainly no reason to beat ourselves up, and certainly no reason to think that there's some big message from the universe. Right, um, did something terribly it's just a wrong thing. and being punished. Yeah. I'm sure children yeah. don't think that. I'm sure they don't. <laughs> it's just, we're still alive and still exploring our world, and that might mean yeah. exploring the world with limited sight and steps. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's great. Um, and Jody. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> How are things for you? Um, I managed to keep my three good things going as part of my journal writing, so it's found a nice, easy niche of a home to uh, continue. Um, right. And I, I, Christmas was a bit weird because I felt very uh, disconnected and not really in the spirit of it until two days before Christmas. <laughs> Yep. By which time family had arrived and I did all my I did all my shopping on Christmas Eve and kind of did the whole you know what, if we've got food and alcohol, that's fine. We've got family. <laughs> I'm not getting <laughs> out of shape. I love about it. it. I love it. <laughs> um and 
everybody was really laid back about it. And we had a really, really nice day. So I've had my mum and Dave's mum here. Um, and usually it can be, for me, a bit stressful when Dave's mum comes to visit because I get uh-huh. all of the expectations that I don't meet put on me. Um, and this time I breathed through it. <laughs> and I don't know. There you go. Because my mum being here helped to take the edge Yes, it. But she drove Dave's bear. She drove Dylan's bear. And I kind of floated <laughs> right through the middle of it. And sort of went, and it just occurred to me now, none of that came at me like it normally does. Wow. So, um, so That's huge. So something wow. has, has definitely shifted. Um, the last time she was here, we had a ding-dong of an argument. Um, and she hasn't been back for a year. Um, right. Yep. And and left the day that Dave came home, so we didn't have to sit down and talk about what had gone on. Especially <laughs> mm-hmm. got up and left. Um, so so yeah, it was kind of I was a bit wasn't anxious about it, but it was in the back of my head yeah. how things normally yeah. play out. Um, and none of that that happened, and I wasn't purposely imprinting or putting any intention out there, or it was just I guess me being. A slightly different version of me. Yeah, um, yeah, it's exactly what it is. It's a, a um, you know, it's that there, there is this kind of flow-on effect where because everything is connected. You know, all of the bits of our lives we sort of think of them as separate, but they're not. We like to try and compartmentalize, but honestly, everything is connected. So, what can often happen, and this is really interesting to me, is that. As we put our focus on one particular area, we suddenly find other areas are expanding and lovely in ways that we didn't really anticipate. Um, that's one of the reasons why I sort of I, I, I tend not to encourage the idea of using law of attraction to fix problems because you're keeping the, pro, pro, the focus on the problem. So by kind of putting your attention on a different area, the something that was a problem suddenly it, it isn't it, it isn't a problem anymore. It's kind of been pulled up to a higher level and what's really interesting to me is that the the you know the the um the relationship between uh you know for, for the relationship for Dave and Dylan was still a bit fraught and you were sort of like you were very much more zen about it um i think that's brilliant good for yeah. you and um i've been getting all these messages about letting go and surrender and yielding and uh, yes. and then of course sat down <laughs> two days ago and did the oh look it's in the final module. <laughs> I've, I've had the six of swords four times in the last month, That's including funny. as the card for the month and the card for the week. <laughs> I went, wow! Okay, I get it. But it was interesting because I was talking to a friend about it and she said the same thing was coming up for her and I'm like I have spent two years letting go of stuff what the hell is there left to give up to let go of <laughs> surrender and then I listened to the module I went oh all of that stuff <laughs> all that stuff it's like the last three years has chipped off the stuff that you had to let go of in your outer world and then your domestic world <laughs> and yep. it's like okay I'm the final point of shearing off. Okay, right. <laughs> so right. Um, I need to work on getting my anchoring stuff sorted. Yeah. 
because uh, I had a job. I was letting go of some stuff and I didn't have an anchor. Yeah. So it all yeah. felt a bit not very nice <laughs> when I didn't have something to come and anchor back into. So, um, But it was powerful and it made me cry and I sort of went, oh, okay. Um, wow. So, yes, I, I can see how it's working, going to work, but I need to get those anchors in place so I have something to come back to. And the, and the, the key here is that there's no rush because... With the anchors, that you know, you, you, even if the, even if you just find one or two, in fact, that's led me. That leads me to a really good um, little um, technique that I want to include on the call today. So I'll come back to that. Um, but the anchors will will sort of move and flow, and you'll find new ones. And and as you expand, because this thing is, we're not aiming for a specific destination. We, you know, we use the terminology of dream life, but actually, it's about the real it's about the real life here and now how can I make this the best possible match for my dream life uh, and then things you know sorry got myself into a conversational cul-de-sac so that we know that yes things will come but it's about, it's about how we feel and that's going to keep expanding that's going to keep on you know we're going to keep growing um, and uh, as that happens uh, anchors will change We'll find new ones. Things will emerge. Um, so, so it's not like it's a, it's not like it's a. There's, there's going to be a sort of an end to this. Well, there is going to be an end to this, but that's not for ages yet. Um, uh, it's just, it's, it's part of the continual journey. So, so there's something delicious about anchors where you kind of go, I'm always open to new ones. You know, there's new ones going to show up. Uh, and being uh, noticing which ones work and which ones don't, and noticing when an anchor that has been working for a while, we we can outgrow them. You know, we can have an anchor. In fact, I just this morning I have a, a necklace that I had made, which which just has it's a silver ingot, and it just has the word easy stamped on it, because um, I was doing a lot of making things difficult and complicated. So I decided to anchor for easy. Uh, and I wore it every day for six weeks while my husband and I were in the UK in 2014. And it was brilliant. Everything unfolded easily. Even when we got lost, we found our way to more interesting places than we'd been setting out for in the first place. It was brilliant. And I use it on days, I, I've still been using it on days where I think for one reason or another there's going to be a challenge. I'll anchor for easy. This morning I went to put it on because I woke up with a slight headache and I thought, mm, I, want, I need today to be easy. I went to put it on and it was like, no, nah, I don't need that. It's not the right anchor for me for today. I feel, I'm beginning to feel like I've outgrown the need for it because easy is now so familiar to me that it's, it, it's embedded in my DNA. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. I'll hang on to it. I won't get rid of it until I, you know, maybe one day I'll get to the point where I do decide to give it away. But for now, it will stay there as, a, as, a, as an anchor if I need it. But it's not nearly as much it's not nearly as um, high a necessity as it was when I first got it so it's interesting to observe how that anchor has shifted and changed now uh, this brings me to uh, there's a couple of things I want to talk about Jody you mentioned the three good things and I wanted just to cover something for Dorothy who couldn't be on the call today because we've been having a bit of a conversation about it in the group uh, and this might be relevant to her. And I know that she's been talking about how writing the three good things has been a struggle. And I sort of, my first reaction was to say, well, that's because it's, you know, it's, that's, that's a good sign that it's something you need to do. Now, the 
thinking, simply thinking about three good things doesn't give you a lot of neurological traction, doesn't give you a lot of neurological change. It's great, it's nice, but it's not really going to help rewire the brain, which is what we're aiming to do. So this is why I've encouraged the writing. But it occurred to me that there might be a couple of different ways to do this because anything that involves a motor, you know, motor skills, any, anything that involves us moving our bodies in some way, <clears throat> whether that's writing or something else, has a greater impact on our brain. So it's always useful to do. This is why anchoring behaviours is a really good thing um, and why you know anchors that have a physiological aspect are really helpful. So with the three good things, it occurred to me that, that for anyone who's listening to the recording or for, you know, for Dorothy or anyone else who has found writing three good things a struggle, I'd like to suggest a couple of alternative methods to try. Now there is no research on this that I have I literally thought of this this morning, so I haven't looked to see if there's any research. There might be if there is. There, I haven't. I haven't sort of. It hasn't made itself apparent to me in the past. Um, but it occurred to me that documenting three good things a day might be a different way. That there might be a different way to go. So, so for Dorothy's benefit, I'm going to make a couple of suggestions. One would be to record the three good things as a voice memo on your iPhone, on your phone, or whatever other technology you have. Uh, so that means, you know, if that means sitting up in bed and talking into your phone and recording them, nobody's ever going to hear them. But it's the act, it's the physical act of talking them out loud that's going to be useful. So that's one way to do it. The other way to do it would be to take, you know, you carry your phone in your pocket all day long. Uh, when when something good happens, when you notice something good, take a picture of it. And again, you can just keep it for yourself or you could share it on Instagram or whatever if that lights you up um, and make sure that you've done three of those every day. So set that as your, um, as your exercise instead of writing. That might be a way to, to uh, ease that sense of struggle and engage something physiological. So I think that's, um, that was worth teasing out. The other thing I wanted to uh, uh, um, talk about briefly is, um, and this may be a way to get some anchors um, uh, if you're if you're struggling to uh, if you haven't yet thought up enough anchors or you want to find some more or you you're not sure of where to begin with anchors um, there is a method that was taught to me by um, uh, by my mentor that I'm going to share with you um, and it's she uses she basically comes up with a hundred points that she knows about her new identity and then she implements as many as she can in a day. Now, she uses 100 data points. Um, I, when I first did this exercise, I came up with 116. I think that's way too many. <laughs> so um, you can come up with as many as you like. Uh, some people find that 10 is enough. But the questions that she asks of herself, these are the questions you might like to sit down and noodle with to ask yourself. And for each one of these, you can come up with as many points as you like. Um, you can come up. You can aim to come up with 100 data points if that feels good, because that way you can sort of check them off and say, okay, I did 20 of them today. That's great. That's more than I was doing yesterday. Um, you don't have to do all of your data points. Some of them may be something you can't do yet um, uh, for various reasons. Um, but the questions that she's uh, that she asked, and Feel free to ask different ones of yourself, but the questions she asked are things like, when she's thinking about her new identity, how does how does that person start her day? So if I were thinking about my new identity as 
wise, rich, grounded, magical astrologer coach, which is my new, I like that, I, I like that new uh, description that I've just come up with. Um, what I would be thinking is how does she start her day? How does that version of Janet start her day? Uh, and I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight points on there. Now, I don't necessarily get all eight done every day, but if I do, I know I'm going to have a kick-ass day. So there, because how I start my day is really important to me. So how do I, how does she start her day? How does she look? In my case, comfortable. <laughs> she looks comfortable. Um, that was the main thing. I have Taurus rising, so comfort's really important to me. Um, so she looks comfortable. How is she managing her body? So that's things like, you know, does she take supplements? Does she have particular foods that she avoids, uh, etc.? Uh, mine's pretty basic. Um, uh, one of my data points is that rest is a priority because I've had a bad pattern of for years and years and years of sleep deprivation and not catching up. Um, her, what is her home like? Uh, you know, what does she? What's her environment? Her home environment like? Uh, and, we, and we know from Jackie's work that uh, the importance of the home environment and how we can do very simple things to kind of get these, these data points in line. What's her workspace like? Uh, in my case, mine is um, her, Janet, the new Janet. Her workspace is uncluttered and really organized. I look around my office at the moment and I go, hmm, I'm not matching that one. <laughs> it's, a bit, it's a bit messy. Um, uh, what's her work schedule like and how, how does she manage her time? Uh, what does she love about her work? What are her thoughts about money? So this is really interesting to me is what that new Janet, what are her thoughts about money? Her thoughts are things like, I love money. Money loves me. Money is easy to get. I love having savings in the bank. I handle money like an absolute pro. Now I can say to you that with, in all honesty, not necessarily every single one of those data points is true yet for me, but it's really good for me to be able to look at those things and go, okay, I can change my thoughts. That's a really, changing my thoughts is a really, really easy place to start. What are her thoughts when she looks in the mirror? How does she stand and walk? When I, when I read that, as soon as I read that, I immediately sit up straighter. <laughs> What's her posture like? What does she do in her spare time? Uh, how does she relate to the most important people in her life? How much vacation does she take every year? What's her spiritual life like? What is her manifesting practice? What does she outsource at home and in her business? Where is she automating things in her business? What does this person think about her relationships? What does she think about her business? What does she think about her body? How does she wrap up her day? Uh, what is, how does she experience sleep? So all of these questions tease out different kinds of answers um, and every single one of those is a potential anchor. Some of them are behavior anchors, some of them are thought anchors, some of them we can use. So for example, um, uh, we, when it comes to, let me pick an example from mine. Uh, what does she outsource in the home? I've got ironing. Now at the moment I don't have somebody who does my ironing. I don't have that much that I iron. Uh, but it's one of those jobs that I'm more than happy to outsource. Um, I just haven't got around to it. So when I look at my look at the ironing basket that's sitting on my office couch uh, with ironing waiting to be done, the the anchor for me is actually doing my ironing because in that moment I can pretend 
because I'm good at pretending, I can pretend that I'm outsourcing this to somebody else most of the time, but today, ooh, for a treat, I get to iron my own clothes. Uh, and then when I hang up the freshly ironed clothes, I can pretend, I can get into that, I can behave as though I were putting away freshly ironed clothes that have been ironed by someone else. So this is, you can see this is very similar to the stories exercise that we did where we get some idea about the stories that our new identity, you know, the, about the, 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 the dream life. This is, this, is a, this is a variation on that, if you like. It's basically a way of saying, okay, what do I know about my new identity and how can I incorporate more of that into my life? And it gives us this bridge. It gives us a, a stepping stone between where we are now and where it is that we want to go. So any questions about that? No? Anybody still there? <laughs> I'm still here. Okay, good. Excellent. Okay, and that, that made sense to you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Excellent. Okay, so that's something that, that you may like to play with. And when I do the home study version of this um, program, I will be incorporating that so that um, you know, so that people have a, an additional tool to play with. Uh, and uh, but I wanted to make sure that I got it on the recording for today, so that so that it may help with um, you know some of that forward-facing stuff that we want to do, where we're sort of going, okay, what do I, what am I? What do I know about my identity? What do I know about this person who's living the dream life? Uh, and some of it is going to be really, really small and simple. You know, for me, um, let me give you an example of one that I'm actually pretty good. I'm pretty good with. Uh, so let's talk about my rising ritual, how I start my day. Um, before I get out of bed, I dab on uh, an oil blend on my wrists. I think I've told you this, guys this before. And I do a little setting of intentions and opening my heart and being grateful, practicing gratitude. Uh, when I begin, my, I begin my day with uh, tea and my journal at, at my kitchen table. And if I have a busy day, if I've got something early, if all I manage is tea and three good things, I do my three good things twice a day, by the way, um, that gives me a little latitude so that on days where I can't manage both, I still get at least one done. Uh, and I do one in the morning, which is more to do with the general things I appreciate about my life, uh, because I haven't had the day yet, obviously. It can be things I appreciate about the night's sleep I had. Uh, last, night I, um, last night I went online and bought, my husband's birthday is coming up in about three weeks. Last night I went online and bought something that I know he really wants for his birthday. And I spent probably a little more money than I normally would. And... We're going to pretend, he, he doesn't know that uh, I'm pretending, he will be genuine, we're going to pretend, I'm going to pretend that we're not doing anything special for his birthday. Because I'd asked him last night, what do you want to do for your birthday? And he was like, yeah, nothing, nothing much. Nothing, nothing, no, really nothing. <laughs> so I'm like, great. So I'm plotting. So I was writing my three good things and one of them is the exquisite joy of having a secret <laughs> from my husband for a couple of weeks for something I'm going to give him that's going to blow his mind and getting to plot how I'm going to give it to him. Um, that felt so good. Uh, so I start my day with tea and three good things and probably extra journaling that I do. Um, but if I don't have time, <clears throat> it will be tea and three good things. And to me, that's how 
a wise, rich, <coughs> wise, rich, grounded, magical astrologer coach. That's how she starts her day. There's a bunch of other things as well, and I'm gradually implementing and incorporating those. Not just because I know they will change me in ways that I like, but because that's how a, an astrology coach is, and it connects me to her. I step into her by doing those things. If you can, if you know, if that subtle difference makes sense. Yeah, I think I still get hung up. I mean, you know clearly what it is you want to be. I'm still using these words that describe yeah. what you know what I want, but it's not tangible. So, so what do you know about what you want in terms of those words that you do know? I mean, it's really. I mean, it's working. I guess. <laughs> I mean, freedom, fun, adventure, health. Oh. It's like I'm just I just have abundance. I just have these words. Yeah. Well look for a start, Kate, let me tell you that getting that phrase, that getting that sort of description, that's been a work in progress for about six years. So so this is not an overnight thing. It it it's and it's and I've got there by focusing on becoming the person who has clarity, becoming the person who has um you know, so I started out in the same way that you are now. I'm not saying it's going to take you six years to get there, by the way, because I think using these techniques will actually get you there a lot faster. But so, so what you would do was you you would write your description. Your your description of your new identity would be, I'm the girl who excels at freedom, fun, adventure, etc., etc., etc. And then you ask these questions about that identity. How does that girl start her day? Well, she certainly wouldn't get up to an alarm clock, I would imagine. No, if you're a, she, a lazy person, you would. <laughs> uh, well, she might get up to an alarm clock if she were, um, if she had a flight to catch to go to Nepal and go trekking. <laughs> you know, so so you you kind of want to tease out these things a little bit, yeah. and you might. I mean, she might get up to an alarm clock if she's a morning person. She doesn't need to. Um, for me, one of the key things for freedom for me was um, uh, because I t my body clock tends to like me to wake probably around 8 o'clock, um, maybe earlier. It's, it's getting earlier as I, uh, as I sort of shift and change. But uh, an alarm clock, I worked on the movie Babe and we had to get up at 5 o'clock in the depths of winter and it was bitterly cold in this horrible rented house that we were, that we were, where we were accommodated and I cannot tell you how much that alarm clock felt like a prison. It was not what I, even though the job I was doing was a job I loved, that part of the day felt really, it really sucked and it's taken a long time to kind of get my relationship with an alarm clock healthier. <laughs> so I tend to go there first on behalf of my clients which is not a good thing. Um, but you get to describe this. So you get to describe how this person who is who is excelling at freedom, faith, uh, freedom, fun, adventure, health, you get to describe how she wakes up. You get to describe how she starts her day, um, and you get to change it. You know, you get this, make this an editable list. I, I actually, I'm a geek, so I use a spreadsheet. Um, but you can do it on paper. You can do it, you know, with a dot point and a word document or whatever. Um, you get to you get to design it the way you like. Um, and then you get to implement whichever bits of it you can at the moment, as often as you can. Um, so for me, for example, there are a couple of things, like with this person in her home, 
has rainforest views. Now I live in a, a, a regional city in Australia and I live in a sort of inner suburb. Uh, my view out of my window is a suburban street with I have a white picket fence, I kid you not. I can see my there's a big tree that's in the road outside my house and across the road I can see my neighbour has a big tree. Uh, but I can see his grungy old uh, van and I can see the bus stop across the road from me. There's, not, there's nothing about this that is a rainforest view. So I can't implement that one yet, but that's okay. I can put up a picture of a rainforest. I can have rainforest sounds playing in the background. So, so there's, there are ways to implement these things that, that aren't necessarily... Um, immediate and there are ways that, and there there will be things that you can't yet implement and that's fine mm. you don't have to get it 100 percent. so i you know play with that tool if it feels good basically yeah. Uh, yeah. that would be my approach yeah. i've done that to some degree it just it just feels more limited so how can you expand it do you think do you do you know where the limit the feeling of limitation is coming from well just finding things like how does somebody who has all these things drive to the grocery store? Like I, I don't see any, you know a difference. Like you know the mundane things that you do in your life. Yeah. Of making that yep. something of somebody different who's doing it. Um, I guess, and that's, that's just creativity, maybe. Yeah, yeah. It's just, and it comes with practice. You get better at it with practice. Mm-hmm. Um, you can make it as simple as. As you're sitting at the traffic lights, you can say to yourself out loud, uh, look at me driving to the grocery store with a sense of um, fun and adventure. I wonder what might happen. Mm. So you can, you can just simply invite that sensation in. You might not get it every time, but as you do that, as you kind of play with it, I think bringing a sense of playfulness to this is helpful and and of course of often when we're coming to this kind of work when we start out we're sort of not we're coming with it with anything but a sense of playfulness because it's like you know this is this is my life this is serious this matters and i totally get that so bringing a sense of playfulness and imagination and creativity to it it can it takes a little while to sort of uh, get into that habit so we kind of have to fake it to begin with a little bit mm-hmm. um you could you could also do it with things like, you know, if you have a particular pair of sunglasses that you wear to drive, imagine that they're, that they're magical goggles and when you put them on, you can see magical things in the world that nobody else can see. You can really kind of, like, uh, it is about bringing in a sense of creativity and it is about, and it is about bringing in that sense of, I get to make this up I get to make up how I do this. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I would just keep playing with it. We know that you are imbuing things with playfulness more and more because I know, um, you know, I know that this has been uh, anybody who's in, who's who's started out really kind of tangled up in the how. Playfulness is always helpful, yeah. <laughs> and I can see that softening in you. I can see how that how that ha- sort of addiction to how seems to be softening. Um, yeah, with you. It, it is. I'm. I don't know if I'm if I'm completely trusting. Um, but yeah, that's okay. I'm at peace with uh, not knowing it anyway. That's a big thing. Being at peace with not knowing. 
the Kate who showed up on day one of this program, I can't imagine her saying that. Yeah, a little more, there was more pressure. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Making peace with not knowing. (laughs) Making peace with not knowing is absolutely huge because what that does is it opens the doors. If you have this sort of sense of this kind of clenched fist, I've got to know, I've got to know, I've got to know, it's really hard for universe to deliver because it's, you know, it's not as receptive. When you make peace with not knowing, suddenly you're being much more receptive. Uh, And I got a a very wild hair idea too that would never have come into my consciousness before. It's like it's just too too wild, you know. (laughs) Is it something that you're able to talk, to share yet or is it not ready for public consumption? Um, It's, Probably not ready yet. That's cool. It's still, yeah. it's still, the dough is rising. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. That's really fun. And I, seriously, I am one of those people who I like to hug things to me for a while before I reveal them, even to my most trusted, you know, to my coach or whoever. I have to noodle on them myself for a little while and hug them in secret, like a like a newborn cub. You know, a bear doesn't a bear doesn't reveal a polar bear's cubs stay underground for the first three months of their year of, of their lives um mum doesn't let them out into daylight until they're three months old mm. uh so that sense of nurturing the newborn i really like that <laughs> i well, really relate to that has more to do with i sometimes i do get wild ideas and then i sort of follow them through and then they kind of lose their juice and then i'm on to something else so yeah I, I kind of feel until i'm actually like doing it more tangibly, yeah. I wouldn't share it because it might be gone, you know, when I wake up. <laughs> <laughs> well, it also might change. You know, yeah, sometimes yeah. these things, they morph and change. It's a bit like, uh, I sometimes think that the wilder, the, a really wild idea is, for me anyway, I'm not making this statement on behalf of anyone else, but for me, a really crazy wild idea, it's a bit like the fashion you see on the catwalk. It's kind of crazy wild out there and then it flows to the street fashion in a more toned down, uh, easily accessible way. So that can happen. Sometimes I get a really, really crazy idea and by the time it sees the light of day, it's sort of gone into the, it's become the street fashion version of itself where it's a little easier to, it's a little easier for, to, to explain. It's a little easier to understand. Um, and it, and it's, and it's probably something that's more useful to more people. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, possibly. Mm. So you get to play with that again. So I'm I'm so delighted that this is sort of um that that you're you know, that you've you've been getting a handle on this and hearing you say that you've made peace with not knowing how, wow, that's enormous. That's enormous. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Kudos to you. All right, guys, it's 10 minutes past the hour. Um, any questions before we go? Now, Jackie had to leave um, uh, and Annette has had to leave. So it's just Kate, Jody, and me at the moment. Um, if you guys, Do you guys have any other questions you want to cover today or are you happy to wrap up and leave it for next week or ask it in the Facebook group? I'm happy to stay on the line if you guys, are, if you guys have anything else that you want to ask. Um, I'm fine. Can I just say to Kate, I've had that same struggle with wanting to know what comes next mm-hmm. and in the last week having to go, you know what, I have to let that go and whatever happens, happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's an amazing feeling, isn't it? 
Yeah, because I, think... I started the course trying to find out where to go next <laughs> and to discover that I had to actually just let go of where I go next. Yeah. Yeah, funny about that, huh? <laughs> it's my sneaky, sneaky thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's um, it's a very interesting phenomenon to me that, um, and I've I've experienced this myself. So, um, you know, when when I feel an anxiety about what happens next, I know I know from experience, and I know from everything I've read and everything I've learned over the years, I know that that anxiety is not serving me, and the only way to 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 really um, to not have the anxiety is to make peace with not knowing what happens next. And of course the next step, the next sort of um, iteration is to actually relish the fact that we don't know what comes next. That's kind of, master, that's the master class. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting a little bit there. I think, you know, with me it's sort of, you know, I, I'm unemployed now. I, I, went, I jumped off a cliff, I retired, I get a small pension, not enough to live on. Um, and it's like, okay, I did my part. I jumped off the cliff. You know? <laughs> now what? <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, you jump off the cliff and then you open your wings and hope for the best. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and trust the thermals that you can't see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That leap of faith is such a strong message to universe that you, that you trust mm-hmm. and that you're, that you, that you're open to, um, to whatever comes next. Uh, so kudos to you for that, Kate. I think that's um, you know, that's just brilliant. And it and what's interesting to me too is that you've mentioned that one of the things you're looking for is adventure. Well, hello. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. All right, sweeties. Um, if uh, if if that's everything, we'll jump off the line. And any anything any sort of follow up questions or anything like that that you think of, um, uh, uh just ask them in the Facebook group and um, we have one more call which will be next week and uh, you guys all have the details of that so for anyone who's listening to the recording if you could make it for the next week that would be awesome um, if not by all means just um, ask questions beforehand um, we'll, we'll um, tease them out so thank you so much Kate and Jodie for staying on <laughs> thank <laughs> right you the end. nice to hear really, your voice really <laughs> it's nice to hear yours too Kate <laughs> All right, I'm going to end the recording. Thank you, Kate. Thank you, too. And you, too, Jodie. I'm just going to end the recording. Lucky Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.